want to uh, look at an important subject this morning. We want to start out by looking at a subject of forgiveness. As we do that, I want to challenge you to think about the last significant conflict that you had with your mate. The last significant conflict. Now, when I say significant, it Either it was significant to you or it was significant to them or both of you. I know there are sometimes we think, oh, that wasn't significant, but they think it's significant. So I want you to think about the last significant conflict that you had with your mate. It might have been uh, three years ago. It might have been uh, last spring. It might have been <laughs> about 50 minutes ago. I want you to think about that one incident. I want you to hold it in your mind. We're going to be thinking about that and dealing with that as we go through this morning. Let's pray. Father, I pray that you'll open our hearts, that we'll uh, think serious about your work in our life and the standards that you have in mind for us. And that, Lord, uh, we'll be serious about our relationship, serious enough to think through this time of conflict and the lessons that you might have in store for us. For I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Forgiveness is a tough thing. It's a difficult thing. I, I remember talking on forgiveness up in Michigan at a, at a conference, at Maranatha Conference Center up in Michigan, and a lady came up afterwards and she said, oh, well, that was good. I'm glad you talked about forgiveness, but uh, I have a difficult situation, she said, and I, I really just can't, I really can't get over it. And uh, she said, I, I can't forgive my mother-in-law. And uh, so I said, well, you know, what happened in that relationship? She said, well, on the day that we got married, she said, this was 17 years ago. She said, on the day that we got married, we, were, we had the wedding service. We were standing in line and uh, reception line and shaking hands with everybody as it came through. And some friends of my husband's parents came through and they, I hadn't met him before. So my husband's parents introduced them to me. And in awe. And then they went on down and the lady said something like, well, she's such a lovely bride, something like that. And my mother-in-law said out loud so everyone could hear, well, she certainly isn't the one we would have chosen for him. She said, I have not spoken to my mother-in-law since. 17 years. Now, that's a horrible thing to say. I just hard to believe that somebody would say that. It's a horrible thing to not forgive for 17 years. Do you know how much work it would take not to forgive? I mean, you have to plan your holidays around ignoring your mother-in-law. You have to plan on not answering the phone. It might be her. I mean, you have to work at not forgiving. Now, hopefully you and I are not in a situation that drastic, but forgiveness is difficult for us, but it's something we need to work with. It's right at the heart and the core of marriage relationship. I want to give you uh, three or four reasons why forgiveness is so difficult. When we think about it, when we wonder why is it that I'm having a hard time with forgiving my mate, I think first of all, forgiveness is difficult because we are basically selfish and unloving and dependent people. Now, I know we don't like to say that, but that's how we are born with this old nature. We are selfish and unloving and dependent. You look in with, with the little children and you realize they are born selfish. 
their world centers around them. Uh, we get to see that all over again with our grandchildren, uh, Zachary's three and Miranda's two, and uh, and uh, they are the cutest kids in the world, but they are selfish, and they are uh, started out uh, highly dependent and highly unloving. You know, uh, if you have a little Susie out in the backyard and she's playing in a sandbox, and uh, uh, little Buford, your son, dumps the sand over her head, she will say, I wish you were dead. And you come running out and say, oh, no, Susie, you didn't mean that. She says, I do too. Yeah, they're born selfish and unloving and dependent. If your children are different, it's because they've learned that. But as adults, we still have that old nature inside of us. And when somebody does something that needs our forgiveness, it's difficult to forgive them. Because we're still basically selfish. We don't, we don't want to let them off the hook. We, we want everything to center around our world. And uh, they have destroyed something in our world. And we're not quick to forgive. Forgiveness is difficult also because something precious has been taken away. And that is trust. Trust has been destroyed. It has been shattered. And it makes forgiveness difficult. I trusted them to behave in a certain way, and they didn't. And now I don't have that trust. How can I forgive? I still don't trust them. So forgiveness is difficult because trust has been taken away. Third, forgiveness is difficult in marriage because a spiritual bond has sometimes been broken. There is a spiritual bond in marriage that goes beyond anything else. That's why Jesus said, that the two shall become one flesh. And that's why Jesus said, let no one separate. Now, when Jesus said that, he must have meant you can separate. But he said no one should. Let no one separate. And often there are things that happen within a marriage relationship that, that rip apart that oneness, that bond. Forgiveness is extremely difficult at times. Think about the tears that uh, in the prayer that we shed as we were working through a, a situation of forgiveness, what, four, four weeks ago when we were here at Cannon Beach and we were counseling a couple that were working through forgiveness and how difficult it is when that bond has been ripped apart. Forgiveness is difficult, fourth, because it doesn't always happen quickly, nor does it change everything instantly. Forgiveness is often a process of forgiving. And you see, if, if by saying I forgive you changed everything real quick, we would be, it would be easier to forgive. If me saying I forgive you changed you and you never ever did that again and you threw off all those bad habits and uh, you were perfect in your relationship with me, then I, then I would throw out forgiveness more quickly. But it doesn't always change things quickly. And it doesn't always change everything. So we are hesitant to offer that forgiveness. But we must do it. Now, why, why do we need to work on this? Let me just review a few things. Why we need to be forgiving people. We need to be forgiving for that other person's sake. If we're talking about a marriage relationship, you need to be forgiving for your mate's sake. They deserve to experience some forgiveness. 
God has given you and me unlimited kind of forgiveness. We keep blowing it. We keep making mistakes. He keeps forgiving. We get a new, new ch chance to start all over again. Your mate needs to be forgiven so that they can have a chance to get their life right with God. We need to be forgiving for their sake. We need to be forgiving for our own sake. Lack of forgiveness leads to bitterness. Bitterness just destroys us. I started out with this illustration of a, of a lady not forgiving her mother-in-law for 17 years. Who do you think has been hurt most in those 17 years? Has it been the mother-in-law or has it been the daughter-in-law? I'm not sure. Because you see, it's destroying the daughter-in-law, holding back that forgiveness. We have to forgive for our own sake. We have to forgive for the gospel's sake because the gospel tells us to be forgiving people. See, I'm a man who believes in duty, and we have a duty to follow that scripture. The scripture says, for instance, in Ephesians 4.32, Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving each other, just as God in Christ also has forgiven you. Forgiveness is commanded us. The scriptures say you have to forgive. And I'm a guy who believes in duty. If the scripture says you have to do it, then we have to do it. And it doesn't matter whether I feel like doing it or want to do it or anything else. I've got to do it. We have to forgive for the gospel's sake. We need to forgive also for our witness sake. That is, if indeed it is our purpose in this life, one of our main purposes to reach out and to disciple all people, and to go into uh, the uttermost parts of the earth and to uh, tell them about Jesus Christ. If it's our purpose to share our faith with our neighbors and our friends, then we have to be forgiving people. Because lack of forgiveness in our life is going to slow down our witness completely. And then we have to be forgiving also for other people's sake. Not only for the person we're forgiving and for ourselves, but I want to say those on the periphery. If husband does not forgive his wife or wife or husband, how, how does that affect your children? Boy, it affects their health. It affects their school. It affects their relationships to you. It affects their relationships to other kids. You see, your lack of forgiveness affects a lot more people than just you and that one other person. You and I have to be forgiving people. Now, let me... Uh, give you a few things to remember about forgiveness, and then I want to talk about how we can actually be forgiving. Here are some facts that we just got to remember when we talk about the kind of forgiveness that the Scriptures talk, that the scriptures mention. We got to remember that forgiveness does not always require confession and repentance first. Sometimes we have an idea that, uh, yeah, I can forgive them as soon as they come to me and ask for forgiveness. As soon as they come to me and say they'll never ever do that again, then I'm ready to forgive. Now, I think that's the ideal. I think that's the way forgiveness ought to come about. I think it should be a time of, of a person coming to us and they're saying sincerely that they were wrong and they're sorry and they admit their mistake and they ask us to forgive them and they say, help me, I'm not going to do that again. I think that's ideal, but I'm saying you do not have to wait for that in order to be a forgiving person. Now, obviously, on minor things, you don't have to wait for that. I mean, if it's just a little thing and uh, they forget to say uh, they're sorry about it, uh, we ought to overlook that. 
if uh, if you're you know if you're uh, driving down the road on in your neighborhood and uh, a man uh, in, in a car backs out in front of you and uh, you swerve to miss him and you hit some trash cans and he backs out turns around and goes on down the road oblivious didn't even know there was anybody back there well you can offer forgiveness before this guy comes and looks you up and asks for forgiveness right i mean if you're going to wait for him to realize he's done something and come and ask forgiveness, you're never going to forgive him. So you and I have a scene like that, and we forgive them right away. Let me tell you, you can forgive big things before they've confessed too. In the Scriptures, uh, when we look at the life of Jesus, in Luke chapter 23, verses 3 and 4, Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. What is it that Jesus is forgiving, asking forgiveness for? For crucifying him. Here are people who never once looked up at Jesus and said, I'm sorry. They never once said, uh, we will never, never, ever let anything like this happen again. As far as we know, there wasn't even any remorse in their hearts as they went about this crucifixion. And yet Jesus is offering them forgiveness in the midst of that. I say that to remind us there will be some times in your life and mine where we need to offer forgiveness before it's even asked for. And it might never be asked for, but we can give it anyway. Now, here's another thing I want us to remember about forgiveness, and that is some offenses will be and require repeated forgiveness. In Matthew chapter 18, verse 21, Jesus said, I do not say to you up to seven times, but up to 70 times seven. You, do, do, you know, do you remember that scene where uh, they had asked Jesus, how often do I need to forgive this guy? And the, the common rule of thumb of the day was you have to forgive him seven times for repeating the same offense. Jesus said not seven, but seven times 70. And what he meant was you go on forgiving. What kind of scene is this like? This is a scene of the person doing the same thing over and over and over. But every time they ask forgiveness, you offer forgiveness. I mean, let's just suppose I was thinking about it this, uh, this week being at Cannon Beach. I'm, I'm feeling better than I was a few weeks ago. A few weeks ago, I had just, when I came to Cannon Beach, I had just broken my toe. So I was kind of limping around here most of the time. And uh, I'm feeling better about that. But let's just suppose you have a, a bad toe. And that you're out here on the sidewalk and you're visiting with people after uh, the service this morning. And as you're out there visiting, the kid's coming down the sidewalk on a skateboard. And, uh, and you kind of step back and we're going to let the kid go by. And he gets close to you and he sort of loses his balance and he's trying to hang on. And that skateboard scoots right over and it goes right over your bad toe. I mean, it just cr crunch. And you're hopping around and your tears are rolling down your cheek. And he jumps up and he comes running over and he says, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Forgive me. I'm sorry. You say, that's okay. Be careful, you know. And, 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 and he goes on. And you continue to stand there and talk. And uh, as you're standing there and talk, you look down and the kid went down there and he went around and he's coming back down the sidewalk. This time you move clear off the sidewalk. And you're over there in the weeds someplace and he's come zipping along down there. And you can't believe it. He hits a rock with that thing, loses control. The skateboard flies up. He flies up, and they both land right on your toe. <laughs> and now you don't think you're ever going to walk normal again. 
And you're just crying in agony. He comes up, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Would you forgive me for that? Okay, you're forgiven. Why don't you, why don't you try another hobby like flying kites or something, you know? Now you'd like to go back to your room. You hurt, your foot hurts too much. You're just standing there. You look up the sidewalk, and here this kid comes on that skateboard again. You say, I don't believe this. You walk around behind the fence, and you're back behind the fence in the beautiful flower beds out front there, and this kid hits the curb, flies up in the air, you jump out of the way, and he lands head first on your sore toe. Now you're screaming for 911. You, you just, and he says, I'm sorry. Would you forgive me? Jesus said, how many times? Four, yeah, seven times seven. He said, he said 490 times that kid does that. When he jumps up and says, when he jumps up and says, I'm sorry, you forgive. That's what Jesus is talking about here. You see, we got to remember there will be some offenses that require repeated forgiveness. Now, um, there's a lot of questions that brings up, and obviously, um, you know, you, you, you get steel-capped-toed shoes or you, you move to a different location. What I'm saying is, what I'm saying is in your situation, I'm saying there are other responses we can do to keep ourselves from continually being hurt, but we cannot withhold forgiveness. That's not one of the options that we have. Jesus said you don't have the option to not forgive. We need to remember that. The third thing we need to remember is that forgiveness begins in the heart. It begins in the heart. Jesus said in Matthew 18, 35, So shall my heavenly Father also do to you if each of you does not forgive his brother from your heart. Now, I say that because we sometimes have a sort of compartmentalized view of our affections. We have an idea that we just have so much of each affection, and once we use it up, it's gone. We say things like, uh, I just don't have any love left for him anymore, as if we only have 900 bits of love, and when we use them up, they're gone. We say things like, I have run out or I have lost all hope. So I just run out of hope. I'm, you know, I only have so much, and I used it all up. We say the same thing with forgiveness. I can't find forgiveness for her or for him anymore, as if there's only so much. Well, Jesus said forgiveness begins in the heart. That means as long as you've got a heart, you've got the capacity to forgive. As long as you have that heart, you, you can generate the forgiveness needed for this next situation, because that's where forgiveness begins. Forgiveness begins with a decision of the will in that heart. You decide whether you're going to forgive or not. You don't wait for that feeling to click on. You know, is a little forgiveness light going to click on or not? No, you decide whether you're going to be forgiven. Just like you decide who you're going to love. And you decide when you're going to forgive. Here's one other thing we need to make remember about forgiveness, and that is forgiveness is very tough, but it's worth the work. It's worth the work. Uh, life without forgiveness is a miserable life. You know that. 
If you have someone right now in your life that you just can't forgive, you know how miserable that has made you. If you have someone in your life right now who can't forgive you, you know how miserable it is. You have longed for a day when that wasn't there anymore. You probably look back to the day before that event happened and say, I wish I could go back then uh, when everything was good and everything was right. Lack of forgiveness is a miserable condition to be in. It's tough, but it's worth the work. And here's one last caution I would remind all of us. Sometimes we are required the pain of living with an only partially forgiven relationship. That is, you and I can do everything on our part, but it takes two to work on that, to, to mend a relationship. And sometimes that other person will not do anything on their part. We offer forgiveness and they refuse to accept it. We confess our faults and our sins and we change our ways and they don't give us forgiveness. There will be some times when you and I have to live with that partially forgiven relationship and we don't know how long we're going to have to live with that. But that might be required of us. Now I want us to think about some steps of actually how do we go about forgiving someone else that we love. Here's the first step. Step one is you have to seek God's help. True forgiveness takes divine help. If you can forgive without seeking God, if you can forgive someone sincerely without being on your knees in prayer and crying out to God, then I want to say it is probably an insignificant thing you are forgiving them about. Because the true significant things in breaks in relationship are going to require God's help every time. You're going to feel overwhelmed. You're going to feel like, how can I ever forgive them? How can I ever work this through? This has been building up for a long time. You're going to get to the point where you don't want to forgive them. You're going to need God's help. The first step is to seek God's help. When you go to God in prayer, and I'm talking about serious prayer time here, folks. Uh, we have lots of prayer times, and we should. We have little prayer times on the freeway uh, that will survive to get home. Uh, we have prayer times for our kids in school and meetings, and we have quick prayer times of the family and around the dinner table. But when we're talking about need for forgiveness in a marriage relationship, we're talking, I'm talking serious prayer time. You need to be by yourself in prayer for a good amount of time here because we're talking about something really important. What do you do in that prayer time when you're there with God and asking his help? Let me, let me tell you what I think would be helpful for you to ask God in this prayer time seeking to be forgiving to another person. The first thing you need to ask God is that he would reveal in you any sin or offense in your life that might have caused that other person to act the way they did. Now, um, I think that's, that's being honest before God. They did something that requires your forgiveness. They broke trust. They broke a vow. They, um, they, they behaved in such a way that you need to forgive them. The first thing we pray is, God, is my behavior such that sort of caused them or set them up to act that way? 
Ask God to reveal any sin that might be in your own life that brought that about in their actions. Here's the second thing to ask God. Ask God if there's any sin in your life that prevents you from forgiving them. Maybe it wasn't your action that caused them to behave that way, but there is some, something in your life that says that keeps you from wanting to forgive them. You know, sometimes it's a, it's, it's a spiritual pride that keeps us forgiving our, from forgiving our mate. You know what I'm saying? And that is uh, we want to be superior. I was the one that was offended. I didn't fall. I didn't sin. I didn't violate the Scriptures. They did. Their faith is weak. Their commitment to Christ isn't very secure. Mine is secure. Mine is strong. But if I forgive them, that lets them get back on equal plane with me again. And I don't really want that. I like being superior. I like being more spiritual than they are. See, we have to ask God, God, is there some sin in my life that's preventing me from forgiving them? Now, the first two things I said in this time of prayer with God that you need to do, the first two things deal with yourself. Now, I'm not saying there's sin in our life, and I'm not saying there's a sin that prevents us from giving forgiveness, but I'm saying we need to ask and find out because in some cases there just might be. A third thing you can ask God is you're in, this, in this step, this first step, of seeking God's help. A third thing you can do in that prayer time is to ask God for the wisdom to understand why did they behave the way they behaved? Is there something about their life, about their personality? Is something about their struggle? Is something about their self-image or their self-worth or, or their social status or their background? Is there something that I need to understand so I can understand why they did this? What they did was wrong, but Lord, help me understand why they did it. Another thing you can ask God is ask God for the wisdom to bring about the best good from the situation as it now stands. The situation might be very poor. They did something, you have a hard time forgiving, you're thinking, I don't know how we'll ever have a relationship back strong like it was again. But that's where it is right now. Begin to pray that God can take that situation and build something strong out of it. See, one of the great joys of serving God is that He can take anything, the worst mess we've ever made, and He can make something strong, something that glorifies Him out of it. I think the ultimate demonstration of that is the fact that He took the crucifixion, the worst thing that man ever did on earth, and He turned that around and made it the best thing that ever happened for you and me. That's the kind of power that God has. And if we're in a tough situation, in a broken relationship that needs forgiveness, and we don't know how this is ever going to work out, begin to pray that God is going to use this to bring about the best, the greatest spiritual good possible. Because he can use it, no matter how bad a situation it might be. So the first step, if you're going to forgive those you love, is to seek God's help. And I'm talking serious prayer time. These are some of the kinds of things you might want to be praying about. The second step in forgiving those you love is that you have to talk to them and tell them how hard it is for you to forgive them. You need to sit down and talk about, I am having a hard time forgiving you about this particular situation. Let them know that it's a struggle that you're having. 
In order to sit down and talk to them about this struggle, let me give you a few clues on how to go about that, that conversation too. You're going to need to find a time and a place that's conducive to uninterrupted uh, conversation. If you're having a struggle forgiving him for going elk hunting for two weeks and leaving you with the kids, maybe standing in line at the grocery stand checkout stand is not the place to confront him. You need to find the right location and the right time to sit down and have this talk. We're talking serious things. You need to give it some serious location and time. A second thing you need to do in that conversation and explain exactly why, why you're having trouble. Don't just say, uh, I don't like the way you treated me today and I'm having trouble with it. But say to them, I don't like the way you yelled at me while we were in the bank about how come the checking account's overdrawn again, and then you insinuated in front of all those people that I can neither add or subtract or keep track of money. Give them the details. Tell them exactly why it is that you're having trouble forgiving them for that action. And then as you converse with them, make sure you're not using emotion as a weapon. Now, I didn't say don't be emotional. You and I are emotional people. And uh, we, we, we cry and, and we laugh and, and we get angry and we're full of joy. But don't use those for a weapon. That is, I'm going to get you to uh, change your behavior or I'm going to get you to ask for forgiveness because I'm going to get real emotional and uh, manipulate you in that way. Don't do that. We need a time to sit down and converse with that mate of ours how tough a time we're having working through that particular opportunity of forgiveness. Here's the third step. Third step in forgiving, forgiving is giving them a chance to respond. That is, once you sit down, once you talk, once you have explained, here's why I'm having such a tough time, then listen, give them a chance to respond. There's a couple of things that I think we need to remember. One is, when I say give them a chance to respond, I mean don't put words in their mouth. Let them say things. Don't sit down and say, honey, how come you never come home on time on Friday nights and you always stay out late? Is it because you like going to that cheap bar on the other side of town? Is it because uh, you don't think I'm pretty anymore and you're chasing some floozy? Is it because you don't want to be around the kids? Is it You're giving them a multiple choice answer. <laughs> Which he probably will respond all of the above. <laughs> now, don't put any words in his mouth. Or her man. Give them a chance to respond. When you say, I'm having a hard time with this situation, forgiving you, then begin to listen. I like to say, give them as much time to think about the problem as you have thought about the problem. If you have been, something has been troubling you for six months, there was an action, there was a behavior problem, there was a confrontation, there was a break in a relationship six months ago, and you have been thinking about it, it has been bugging you, it's been bothering you, you've been mulling it over for six months, and finally, this weekend, you sit down and talk to them about it, then what I want you to tell them is, honey, here's why this is bothering me, I'll explain the whole situation, I've been thinking about it for six months, now, let's meet six months from now, and talk about it again because you get six months to think about it too. Isn't that interesting? You and I think about it for hours. We think about it for days and weeks, and then we want them to decide something instantly. 
Man, this thing has been boiling in us for years. And we want them to think about it for about 15 seconds and come out with a solution that we like. Now, they get as much time to think about it as we've thought about it. Now, I hope that motivates you and, my, and, you and me to, to act quickly. <laughs> I've been thinking about this for about three minutes. <laughs> now, you get three minutes, and then we'll talk about it. You see how much easier it works if you do it quickly? The rule of the Bible, of course, is don't let the sun go down on your anger, isn't it? Isn't that the rule from Ephesians chapter 4? The rule is, if you have a point of conflict, settle it before that night. That's it. Settle it. You need to give them as much time to think about it as you've thought about it. Here's the fourth step. The third step is to give them a chance to respond. The fourth step is to discover a course of action on which you can both agree. And that is, um, what are we going to do about this particular situation? Now, usually... If someone, if our mate has done something that has um, offended us and we're having a hard time forgiving them, we have a course of action in mind for them, don't we? Uh, and if they are loving enough to say, honey, what would you like for me to do different? We have an answer ready. This is what I would like. But I said this step is finding something mutually acceptable. That is, what can we do? Can I do something different? Can I uh, uh, change my behavior in some way that, uh, that will help you if that kind of situation came up again? What can we do together different to handle this kind of situation? Find a solution that's mutually acceptable. And then the fifth step in forgiveness is learning to leave the matter in God's hands. I think maybe this is the hardest step. We're still playing games with our mate. We're still trying to triumph over them. Uh, we like holding things against them. Um, we, uh, we aren't sure that God's going to do his part. If I turn this over to God, will he really see that that other person gets what they deserve? See, we don't like turning it over to God because we're just afraid that he might not follow through. And God might be a little more loving, a little more lenient, a little more gracious than we are. We really need to turn that thing over to the Lord. I, uh, we live in a little community. 200 and uh, I think the sign says 62 people if everyone and all the dogs and cats are at home or whatever. Uh, Winchester, Idaho. How many broken relationships do we know about in that community where there's no forgiveness? You can count dozens in that little community. Um, you know, it's the kind of community, if you don't know what's going on, nothing is. And uh, and we we know what's going on. Now, I only say that because I know that's multiplied wherever you are at, there are, there are these broken relationships. There is such a, such a need for forgiveness. I think people who could be honestly, openly forgiving people will stand out in every community. There aren't many of those people around. You and I as believers in Christ ought to be those kind of people. Forgiveness 
that's maybe toughest is forgiveness right here among husband and wives. But we've got to work that through. I'd like us to have some prayer. And uh, as we have some prayer, I want you to go back to that conflict that you thought about. I said, when, what was the last significant conflict that you had with your mate? I want you to keep that in mind as we go to prayer. Father, Lord God, you know that I feel inadequate because uh, this subject is so important, so crucial, so vital. And Lord, you know how that lack of forgiveness is just devastating, destroying uh, relationships, destroying uh, families and marriages. Father, of all the qualities that Jesus had, forgiveness is just one of the toughest for us to copy. And yet you've asked us to do just that. So Lord, we'd like to think back, as husbands and wives, we'd like to think back to that last significant conflict. And as everyone's thinking about that, Lord, uh, you can scan our minds. You know what we're thinking of. And, and some of them are probably not all that big a deal. And, There'll be a few here, Lord, that there are some very huge, big black clouds there. And Father, we want to work on all of those. We want to begin that process of forgiveness right now in honesty and prayer before you. So Father, we come before you and admit that we are not perfect. We have not behaved perfectly in that situation with our mate. And that we have uh, many faults to overcome. And Father, I pray that you might show us in this last conflict, Lord, you might show us if there was some behavior pattern in our life that just, that they just react to in this way. That there's something about us that, Lord, that we're doing wrong. Maybe it's sin in our own life, but maybe it's not sin. Maybe it's just a pattern of behavior that so irritates that it causes this wrong behavior in them, Lord. We'd like to be honest enough that you could show us that. And Father, as we're praying too, we, we pray that uh, you'll show us if there's some sin in our life that keeps us from forgiving them. Maybe we really don't want to forgive. Maybe we're afraid to forgive because we think uh, that that's a signal for them to continue in sin in some way. And, and so we're holding back that forgiveness. And Father, if that's our case, you show that to us we might see our own failure. And Father, help us continue to understand our mate. Lord, some of us, we've been married for 10 and 20 and 30 and 40 and 50 years, and we're still learning new things. We still realize this is a separate individual person, one whom you have created, one for whom Jesus Christ has died, but we don't know everything about them. Help us to understand why they act the way they act. Lord, uh, help us to uh, be patient as we learn that. And Father, wherever we are in that uh, conflict, we commit it to you and ask that you will build a spiritual good out of it. Some of us are giving you just uh, some small and minor things, and some of us will struggle to give you big things that seem hopeless, but Lord, you can still build something great out of that raw material. So we look for spiritual good. Father, we look forward to a weekend of uh, 
being together. We look forward to a weekend of um, fun and um, excitement and encouragement about family and marriage. But this is this is the serious part, Father. We want to be a forgiving husband and a forgiving wife. And we want our mate to have the freedom of being forgiven. Help us to do that, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen.